Good morning, Bill Kanaski with Courtroom Sciences. Welcome to the Litigation Psychology Podcast. Another episode coming your way from Courtroom Sciences. Please go to courtroomsciences.com. Brand new website. It rocks. It's a badass website. My picture is not on the website, which is highly disappointing. Figure I'd be on the first page. No, they went with other things. Be. I know, right? Uh, today, <laughs> today, great guest. Chantal Roberts of CMR Consulting. Uh, we've been kind of following each other um, on um, on LinkedIn for a long time now. And uh, I think what you post is great. And hopefully what I post doesn't offend you too much. I've been trying to keep it real. At the same time, if you hold back, I think there's something wrong with that. Uh, Chantal, how are you doing this morning? I'm doing well. How are you? Good. Are you Are you in Kansas City? I yeah I'm you you can say Kansas City I'm in Overland Park okay. I'm in the bougie suburbs you know okay so. well um <laughs> the um the Kansas City Chiefs defeated the Cleveland Browns last night which sent my father yes. my father went into full like kicking screaming 71 years old acted like a a five-year-old um after that so, game, so. he's not going to be listening to the podcast he's not going to be listening it, to this so, podcast yeah. he's he's, okay. he's he's very very upset however we've yeah. got we've got better stuff than football uh to talk about um because yesterday was an absolute disaster for my picks we'll just leave it at that uh we're going to talk about i mean everybody loves to talk about insurance right it's funny because when i talk i don't to know people, why not I talk to people, there's always profanity attached to insurance companies. Like it's always blank, blank insurance companies, right? Yeah. It's never like, I love insurance it's, companies. It's usually mother or something, insurance company and son of a son. Yeah. I mean, it's a whole family thing is it's what a, it is with insurance companies. It's, it's really, it's really incredible. Like I've seen bumper stickers that say, I love my dog. You don't have a bumper <laughs> sticker that says, I love my insurance adjuster. Absolutely. Doesn't well, exist. Do, but... Although if you make it, you could get a little side gig going and make. I could. You know, I totally could. I'm, I'm sure those would sell like hotcakes. <laughs> uh, Chantal, tell us, tell us about, tell us about CMR consulting and what you do, because I don't, I'm not sure I've met anybody else in the industry that actually does what you do. It's highly specialized, but I find it very intriguing. Please educate our audience. Sure. So I am an expert witness for claims handling standards, practices, and procedures. And usually when I say that, attorneys know exactly what I'm talking about because they're the ones who hire me. But for the lay people, they're like, what? So I yeah. say, okay, so you know when you have a claim and your adjuster like pisses you off and then you sue your adjuster um, and then the, the attorneys hire me and then I say, oh yeah, the Jester totally did something wrong and they owe you a billion trillion dollars or I will say no the adjuster didn't do anything wrong and you just need to suck it up buttercup and is this so bad faith litigation is it really bad is it bad <laughs> yeah. faith litigation by yeah, the way yeah. the only thing it's fun, funny enough in 18 years of doing this the only thing and boy I'm, I'm gonna say some things about insurance companies today that's kind of gonna rock the world but I don't think I'm I'm wrong. I think I'm just stating factual things. The only thing that like actually wakes everybody up in the insurance, the, the two words, bad faith. You say yeah. that, oh, oh, now we're all on the same page. Oh, now yeah. we want to prepare. Oh, now we want to invest in our case. Whereas with mm -hmm. your standard claim, it's a completely different system, right? 
Yes, and I don't I don't understand it because you should be as an insurer and as an adjuster. At least this is the way that I was trained, and this is the way that I had trained I trained all of my adjusters when I was a claims manager. Is you should always be looking at that, like what happens if you drop the ball and the insured turns around and sues you for bad faith? Yeah. Is is this is this the hill you want to die on? And I know as an expert witness, I sit there and I look at some of these things and I go, what in the world was the adjuster or his team leader thinking about? Because in the grand scheme of things, we're talking about $20,000 when they have, I know they have spent more than $20,000 on litigation expense, even Mm -hmm. though the counsel is in-house counsel and you're not paying, you know, quote unquote, you're not paying defense costs or whatever. You're still paying defense costs. It, it's just yeah. all in the back, you know, uh, envelopes yeah. of, of <laughs> whatever. So, yeah. Anyway. Yeah. And you, and we had mentioned, you know, before we came on uh, the air here, um, my last podcast where I just, I lost my shit. I just lost <laughs> my shit. Because I no, get so didn't. I get so no, aggra- I get so aggravated because you have you have a very aggressive plaintiff's bar that has figured out this whole system, and they front load their efforts on the on the very safe assumption that the insurance company is not going to invest in the same type of preparation. Yeah. And then as that case moves forward, you know the scoreboard is very, um, you know, you know, unbalanced. And they're fully taking advantage of it. And it, it absolutely makes me crazy. So I guess my question to you, Chantel, is why does the insurance industry suck so bad? I, I think it has to do with cost. And I totally agree with you. And it's suck. interesting because I find that I am hired more by plaintiff counsel, which makes me nervous because then I'm afraid of, of having that biased or, or perceived as having a bias. And, and I don't really, uh, but I, I, do, I do worry about it. Regardless, I, I think it has to do with cost because the, the plaintiffs don't have an adjuster to tell them if something was done correctly or not correctly. The defense, or I don't even think it's the defense firms, actually. I don't think it's the defense attorney, quite frankly. I think it's the insurers. I, I think the insurers are sitting there going, look, we're going to have our 36B witness and then we're going to have our adjuster up there. We're going to have the team leader up there. So they're going to talk about good faith claims handling, you know, till the cows come home. Yeah. The, it, the issue is that with some of the cases that I've seen, I have looked at them and gone, oh my goodness, if defense had hired me, I would have told them to settle right then and there because of this one particular line right here. Every insurance adjuster knows what that is. And and let's hope that the plaintiff doesn't find out what that means or something. I mean, it's, it's just one line usually. And I've had it happen in two cases. And um, it's been the bomb that has broken the case open. So I get the fact that you want to save, but 
the funds, the, the loss adjustment expenses, mm -hmm. uh, because everybody's tightening their belts and, and where are you going to tighten your belt? But the yeah. claims department, because that's where the money goes out. It's not yeah. where the money comes in. That's a whole other story. That's but, the problem. That's the um, problem. Listen, we can talk about that in just a second, but, <laughs> um, the, the issue is by spending what 5,000 bucks on me, uh, I can sit there, look over everything and go, yeah, you're good. Go ahead and fight it. Or no, you need to go ahead and settle it or, you know, whatever. And I've just saved you $5,000 and you don't have to go to court or get bad law made or, you know, whatever. Um, you, you may have just so, saved $5 million. Oh yeah. I mean, I mean well, mean. I don't, and exactly. Yeah. That's I don't tend to, um, get pulled in on those bigger cases, uh, <laughs> uh, cause I'm new still. So, uh, please call me, hire me. I love yeah. you. <laughs> yeah. it's but, all, um, it's yeah. all, it's all, it's all about, uh, the average it's, it's so we, we actually have a similar job mm -hmm. in the fact that we are an investment, right. Mm -hmm. That has. Mm -hmm that has relatively speaking a extraordinarily low cost up front for a yeah. massive cost savings but let's go back follow the follow the money right you got to follow the money my dad always told me he's like you ever want to learn something just follow the money you'll learn everything you need and that's been really really true and when you follow the money again the claims department we we're talking about at the on the other podcast they don't get to hold mm -hmm. i call it they don't get to hold the trophy Right. Right. So after the big win, right. Big defense verdict, that trophy's not like sitting on Susie's desk for a week. And then it goes on Joe's desk that goes on. No, 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 no. They don't see any of that. They're just on to the next claim. And so right. they don't, they just cognitively don't have any, I guess, for lack of a better term, appreciation for the economic outcome. Right. They only have, they only see what's going out. They don't see the cost savings and that's a real problem and it's the way that the claims or it's the way that insurers are set up and it's a, it's an easy fix actually uh in fact we did it at the former company where i was a, a claims manager because we were expensive we we were expensive yeah. um but it's it, the, the claims manager, um, the owner uh, would say, the managing partner, he would say, look, you don't get Nordstrom service at Kmart prices. <laughs> no. So that's if, what they want. You, though. <laughs> yeah, that's what they want, but you're not going to get it. Uh, and that's, again, a whole nother issue with the, the consumer aspect, not the insurer aspect. Yeah. But uh, so we decided to start keeping track of all of our adjustments because what is an adjuster? An adjuster is literally someone who adjusts a claim. So if you if you have an estimate that's $100, but the insured or the claimant comes in and says, my contractor says it's going to cost $120 to, you know, fix this roof or whatever, well, adjust the claim. As long as that $20 isn't not covered yeah. or it's covered in other words, you know, pay it or adjust yeah. it. Maybe give them 110 now and then give them 10 when the work is done. If you're worried that they're going to pocket the money or make a profit, quote unquote, from yeah. the, you know, and then what you do is you take that uh, money that 
you saved from a defense cost, or I shouldn't say saved because plaintiff attorneys are thinking, oh, you've saved money. You've <laughs> adjusted from yeah. a defense cost of $10,000 and you put it in the adjustment thing and you've got plus $10,000. And that's how your claims department has, quote, saved, end quote, the insurer money um, so that you're not spending because otherwise you're caught in a vicious circle that is a self prophesizing kind of thing you know no, no one talks about this and i'm, I'm kind of shocked because it comes up in mm-hmm. every jury in every jury deliberation the word Absolutely. that's not allowed to come up comes up every time that's the word insurance the judge says do not talk about insurance. well guess what comes yeah. up in every mock trial every focus group every real trial Right, because everybody knows that there's insurance. Out Thank there. you. Okay, so newsflash. By the way, I live in Florida. I'm going to tell you a story here. Okay, the general population, i.e. your jury pool, cannot stand insurance companies. Oh, yeah. Hates them. Like, this is bad as lawyers. People don't like I like lawyers. insurance companies, but... Everybody you know. hates them. Because you know, here's <laughs> what happens. You, know, you get into a car accident, right? And you total your car, and they're like, well, here's your check for $12,000. You're like, whoa, 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 wait, 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 whoa, whoa. Whoa, that was a twenty thousand dollar car. Well, here's your check for twelve thousand. Exactly. When the hurricanes come through, right, and your roof gets ripped off, and it's a thirty-five thousand dollar roof, and they come up to your door and they hand you a check for nine grand, you're like, you know, you gonna punch somebody in the face at that point. Exactly. It's not a popular industry, and so that's where a lot of jurors like to tee off and increase damages, saying, "Well, hey, you know, there's insurance paying for this. Screw them," and uh, they have no sympathy. For the insurance company. I tell you the one insurance person I have sympathy for. I want I want to hear your feedback on this. And I'm gonna tell more stories. By the way, I am addicted. Do you okay at my local Publix, dark chocolate espresso beans right beans. here? Beans. Oh, oh my, my god. god. I'm completely I have them all day. Not you know very good for your teeth. Well. Oh my gosh. I just you know Target also has them. Do they have okay? Well, whether it be Target, yeah. I don't care who has them, but if I don't have them on my desk yeah. now, I just I, I have to have them. Back to my story. So there's one person I feel sympathy for in the insurance industry, right? And that's the, that's the excess claims specialist. So imagine this, right? So you have this pilot flying the plane and the mountains right in front of him, right? And he's flying the plane towards the mountain at the last second, he hands the controls over to the co-pilot, gets a parachute and says, Hey, see, (laughs) see, I'm out of here and jumps out. And then, the next guy gets the and and the plane's already crashing into the mountain. As this goes back to the bad faith, I have seen so many cases where I end up coming in on the back end, which is unfortunate. But the case has been so mishandled by the primary, right, the primary mm-hmm. uh, claims person, and then it falls on the lap of the ex. And and so much damage has been done up to that point, right. You know, it, it's really, really hard to play catch up. How much do you see of that? Because I unfortunately probably see it on a, at least a weekly, sometimes daily basis. That's rough. I don't see it that often, but what I do encourage the the excess carrier to do is when they receive notice, and hopefully they receive notice before. <laughs> you know, we're headed into the mountain. Is you need to ride herd over those cats. And as hard as that is, in fact, I don't remember who I was talking about this before with, but that means you call on a monthly basis, you know, 
hey, uh, underlying adjuster, what's going on? Send me your report, send me yeah. the defense reports or whatever. And that way, if you don't like what's going on, so I, I maybe don't have as much sympathy for the excess carrier unless they did just get it over when it's like, oh, hot potato. Uh, and then in that yeah. instance, you you can easily go back and I've represented actually someone in this case because uh, the defense counsel in, in my world, since I am usually retained by plaintiff, I um, a lot of a, a defense counsel, opposing counsel yeah. will be uh, like, oh, so you only, and I'm like, no, no. <laughs> I have been hired by insurers who are suing other insurers either for subrogation issues, but one of them happened to be a an excess issue where the the allegation was the underlying didn't turn it over soon enough. So the overlying, the excess, yeah. got stuck with this three million dollar yeah. you know thing, and so yeah. Um, if that's the case, then you can turn right back around and, and sue for bad faith against the underlying carrier or whatever. Yeah, yeah. I've I mean, seen, there's that. I've been stuck in the middle of so many of these, but you're right. Oh, yeah. It's the, the quality of the reporting upstairs is really important. <laughs> and then the other thing I've seen, which is, again, it's so frustrating, uh, again, from the excess point of view, is that, you know, so the primary is kind of getting to the end of their coverage, right? And so the excess... <laughs> Right? It's like, I need the controls now, but I can't have the controls now. It's like, let's do this mock trial now, or let's do this focus group. And the <laughs> primary is like, well, I, you know, I still have some money here. And the excess is like, I know, but I don't want this disaster when I take over this. It's really a, um, it's a fascinating, yet frustrating system, which, you know, I, I'm not really sure if that's uh, uh, correctable, I, but, but they, the relationship is the excess, it's, it's, yeah, it's weird. I don't know. In fact, I don't know why insurers don't cooperate more. And in fact, I wrote about it. I wrote yeah. a a book during quarantine and <laughs> during COVID. Um, and I wrote it for mid-level adjusters. And basically my theme was stop messing around uh, for the most part. It <laughs> should have been um, the title. But um, the... the Part of the thing that I talked about in one of the chapters is the issue between the flood insurance and the wind insurance, especially when you get hurricanes, right? Yeah. Because I handled Katrina claims and during Katrina, the Department of Insurance in Louisiana changed the rules on us because used to, you could just go, that's the flood line. So I'll pay everything above there or I'll just go 50%, boom. 50% flood, 50% wind or whatever, and, you know, let the pieces fall where they may. Well, the Department of Insurance said, yeah, you can't do that anymore. You can't just automatically say 50%. You actually have to adjust the loss, yeah. which, I mean, you're just like, great. I don't know how this works, you know. Anywho, um, so in, in the book, uh, the Art of Adjusting is the title. I just, my little plug. Uh, <laughs> Uh, you know, you, you need to work with your other adjuster. You know, sometimes it's going to be 75% wind is going to pay for 75% of the loss and flood's going to pay for 25%. Sometimes you can do 50-50. Sometimes you could do uh, 75 flood, 25 wind. But the issue is you need to be working as an adjuster with the other adjuster. Uh, and don't make your insured do that. 
because they they're lay people they don't know how to do it but it's the same thing with the the underlying and the excess carrier if you want to have a mock trial go great look here's the deal let's split the cost yeah i mean there there's more than one way to get to the end why is everybody entrenched in this i'm not going to spend any money well i get the fact that you're not going to spend any money but if you don't want to spend any money split the cost i I mean go dutch that's the best way to do things yeah i i totally agree and i think more cooperation is necessary but it's kind of like the they mirror the defense bar the defense bar doesn't cooperate with each other they don't talk to each other they don't even you like know, each other. It's crazy. You say that, but I'm a member of DRI and they're all like buddy, buddy, especially when you get them drunk. So I'm just saying. It's- well, <laughs> <laughs> I will agree. I, I think you have to wait till the, yeah, you have to wait till the happy, happy hour, hour for that yeah, happy hour. to happen. And it's, 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 you know, one weekend uh, a year, mm-hmm. but you know, in, in, in reality, w- when you really compare it to what the plaintiff's bar is doing, um, they do share a lot it's, more. It's a, they have an exceptional communication network and they help each other literally on a daily uh, basis. Whereas if someone in the defense needs help, it's, you know, because they're all competing. I, I mean, I get it uh, at the same time. So we're trying to change that here at Courtroom Sciences to help the defense bar to be more proactive, communicate more, particularly in the trucking industry, top target yeah, of trucking nuclear issue. verdicts. So, you know, something to think about too, like I was thinking about this while mm-hmm. I was riding my bike this morning, uh, trucking issues. When we were, cause we were in Arkansas and so there's a lot of trucking going oh, yeah. up and down, you know, Arkansas. Oh, yeah. And we would take truckers to the mall to buy them suits for their depositions or for trial yeah. or, or whatever, um, whether that's a skirt and kitten hills uh, or a suit and tie and uh, either cowboy boots or, you know, Oxford penny loafer kind of deal. Yeah. And, and you just chalk it up to the cost of defense. Yeah. Uh, it's, a, it's a loss adjustment expense. And, and you don't think about those sort of things, but that's something that you need to do. So why not spend... If you're going to do that to make sure that your trucker yeah. looks decent, I, I, I don't want to say decent because I mean they're decent people anyway. Yeah. Um, you know, professional, uh, professional. professional, or they're or they're showing respect to the court or something. Uh, then why not preload your claim and and save some money by hiring you or me by going like, oh yeah, that witness is terrible. You don't want to hire, or you don't want to put this witness up on the stand or me going like, oh yeah, you totally need to settle. Oh yeah, mm, settle, uh, settle now. <laughs> Ask how many zeros you yeah. want behind that number or go, oh yeah, take it all the way up to the Supreme Court. I don't care, <laughs> you know, that yeah. kind of thing. I mean, so, I mean, I wrote this down this note because this is, this is a fact and I want your opinion on this, okay? Mishandled files cost a lot of money. Absolutely. Okay. Number one. Mm-hmm. Number two, what's the proportion of mishandled files? I just want your honest opinion on this because I'm not sure what the answer is. Because I've seen a lot of very hands-on insurance companies. I've seen a lot of very hands-off. How, what's the proportion of miss? It's a completely unfair question, by the way. Uh, proportion of mishandled files that are due to just having too many files. You talk about buck, you know, buckling oh, yeah. your belt, saving money. Another way to save money is to cut down on staff, multiply files amongst your staff, 
how many files just slip through the cracks. And by the time they figure out they have a problem, it's entirely too late because they're just, the claims person's overwhelmed. Oh yeah, uh, that is a huge, huge issue. And in fact, there is a book that I like to quote in some of my reports where we talk about the fact that having an adjuster who is overworked is actually unethical because yeah. we as adjusters, not I think in 33 states or something like that, we have licenses, just like doctors, just like attorneys, just like mm -hmm. clinical psychologists, you know, just like anybody. So we are white collar professional people and we're expected to carry out that kind of, of work. And the issue again is cost. And I will say, and this is a bit controversial, that all the bean counters up in the ivory tower, oh, yeah. they're the ones who are going, oh, well, again, the claims department is where all the money is going out. So let's tighten our belt there. Yeah. And that's where the hiring freeze is. Well, then you don't have time as an adjuster to investigate the loss. So you either start paying everything that comes across your desk, which again, gives that self-fulfilling prophecy that claims just go out the door, or you expect your adjusters to still adjust the claim you know, take out a fluff on the estimate yeah. or, you know, depreciation of labor, general contractor fees and sales tax or whatever, because it's legal that you can do it and yada, yada, yada. And then the adjuster gets behind. And so they get overworked, they miss deadlines and they get sued and they get frustrated because they have no support from anybody else. Uh, so they leave to another insurer who is in a different cycle. They're in a hiring cycle. And so then you split that adjuster's claim load amongst everybody else. And, and so, yeah, it's actually an ethical. That's when you are going to have a an angry adjuster as a witness <laughs> yeah. um, and say, well, I don't give a hoot about what happens to my boss <laughs> because they overwork me. Yeah. Um, you know, so what are they going to do? Fire me? They can't fire me. I, you know, I'm one of five adjusters handling 5 billion claims yeah, or, exactly. you know, whatever. Yeah. So it's a, it's a huge issue, which makes me always wonder why you don't have claims people in charge of whole insurers, because I, I, as I've always said, the claims department is the promise keepers of, of the insurer. You know, the underwriters write the promise, which is the policy, agents sell the promise, but it's the claims department that keeps that promise. So if you want someone heading the company that keeps the promise, not someone who is trying to balance, not, not to say that they shouldn't be you know, for profit because insurers are for profit. Yeah. But you mean what I know. <laughs> I know exactly what you mean. All right. Well, this has been a fantastic podcast. Thank you so much for joining yeah, us. Uh, this absolutely. Is Thanks for having me. It's a topic that's not going away. So I'm sure yeah. we'll have you on soon. And I want to do more panel formats so we get two or yeah. three people on here and then we could all we could all duke it out. But until that happens, um, Chantal, tell our audience if they need you, how do they find you? How do they get a how do they get a hold of you? Sure, they can reach me by telephone 
1-800-242-0612 or email cmroberts at cmrconsulting.net. And I also have theartofadjusting.com. So you can find me that way as well, because that was the name of the book. Uh, and you're on LinkedIn. You're very active on LinkedIn. Uh, yep. LinkedIn, um, Insta, woohoo. Yeah. <laughs> you know, all of those fun things. I yeah. just do the LinkedIn. I don't do no yeah, Twitter, do. no Facebook. I think it's ruining our society. And yeah. uh, I don't even know what TikTok is. I, my kids oh, shows me I TikTok. I'm out. like, what the hell are you talking about? I am. But yeah. I guess I'm getting yeah. old. I, <laughs> I am too. It's crazy. <laughs> Get off my lawn. I know I'm turning into my grandfather again. Thank you so much for being on the yes. podcast. Thanks I for mean, having me. Really, really fun to our audience members. Thank you so much. We are approaching 100 episodes Yay. very quickly. So we'll try to plan something special, but we will see you next time. Litigation Psychology Podcast brought to you by Courtroom Sciences. See ya.